0: Welcome to Cartoonist Cafe. My name is Ed Piskor. I'm Jim Rugg. Today we're going to be looking at uh, Critical Error, the John Byrne wordless story that you might have seen in the Art of John Byrne. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to invite you guys to like, follow, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, please hit that bell icon so that we can notify you when new videos are available, and that helps mitigate the cafe effect, which is what happens whenever we talk about a comic. Uh, put the video out 9 a.m. by early afternoon, midday. The comics that we talk about are uh, prohibitively expensive on online retail markets, Amazon, eBay, comic shops, if you could even find them at all. And if you watch these videos to the very end, that helps goose those YouTube algorithms, pushes our video content out to other comic book loving YouTube viewers, helps us gain uh, more subscribers. Uh, we've recently surpassed 60,000 subs, but we are on that track to try to hit a goal of 600,000 subscribers, so we still have a long way to go. Jimmy, you pulled out Critical Error, dude. The the, uh, the famous story that was in the uh, Art of John Byrne where it first saw the light of day, saw, uh, saw John Byrne play with some nudity a little bit in his comics, and uh, I actually, I'd never seen this color version uh, let me see when this thing come up because I do have my suspicions, right? Uh, what's the year on this? It's game? got a,
1: it's. It's I'm guessing ninety two. Yes, it, it could be ninety one, but I think it's ninety two. Which to give context, this is Image Comics launch where you know height of the speculator boom so you're selling books. Byrne did a lot with, with uh Dark Horse at this time. Next men probably the most famous, but Danger Unlimited, Torture Liberty, babe. And I think he just had a good relationship and was selling books. So it was I, like what do you got?
0: It what do you got, man? And what he had was this little 25 pager that he put in that art of John Byrne that probably you know had a very finite amount of copies that were licensed for it to be possible because you're seeing wolverines up next to supermans and batmans and things like this uh... so you can't have too much of those out there in the wild and uh... this was a great excuse for me to take a look at that art of uh, john Byrne book uh... super fascinating document i don't have it i i got hold of a bootleg ass copy of it so i can't sh- there's nothing to show on the screen but one of the things that i really dug dude was this pretty substantial interview With John Byrne, and just to kind of give context for the time when when that book came out in 1980, they were talking about like how he's been in the game for five years and really captured everybody's imagination, yada yada.
1: That's a that is a quick rise. Five years is your window for those image guys too. By the way, everybody.
0: Yeah, the uh, the interview is conducted when he's still working on X Men. He's talking about in about six issues. We're gonna have—I forget what they called it—the uh, the trauma issue or something like that. It's going to resolve the the Jean Grey Phoenix stuff. I can't go more more into it. Uh, he's talking about uh, a spinoff title with his character Ariel, who's going to you know Kitty Pride, who's going to you know be the new X Men team, the young X Men team, and they're going to be dressed in the old X Men outfits with the yellow and the black. Um, john will you ever work at dc comics you know i'm trying to work out the details for a world of krypton uh miniseries and and work i i talked to dc comics and i said if you want me over i, I know you guys want me over there you gotta let me do the origin of batman so that like legends of the dark knight or whatever the hell that thing was called uh it's a it's a it's a real snapshot in a very specific period of time before he really hit even even higher heights
1: yeah, there's uh there's some good back matter in this that talks about that time period and what was going on in the creation of this. And he cites, uh, for a long time, called it his heavy metal story. Yes, that's what it felt like. <laughs> because he said he saw an image, I think it was a still from the Alien movie mm-hmm. that um, he kind of drew inspiration from. And that's how this developed. And part way through, he decided it would be wordless, which you know kind of caused it to keep stretching. So he would do it in pieces because he had real, I think he was drawing two books at the time on a monthly schedule. So he was fitting this in where he could. And then the art of John Byrne was like, I think the catalyst to like finish this up. Um, it's interesting to think this is only really a 10 year old story that he's reprinting here in color, but it's so I want to find that black and white version and check that out. I have to borrow that bootleg ed to see stuff like look at that planet, you know, in the background and everything. And it starts out here, you know, pretty easy to follow this astronaut of some sort wakes up in a only survivor in a crash of his spacecraft on this alien world and trying to figure out what to do and how to survive.
0: He is using a kind of a clear line here. Yes. I'm so glad that he mentioned the uh, the heavy metal thing because that was my entire thought process, like checking that out. And that was a big sales tool for that Art of John Byrne book. Here's a complete John Byrne comic that's not, not published anywhere else. This is something that really didn't look so, so I couldn't exactly tell what I was looking at in black and white. So it's like we got a guy with a little rover and then he's just sitting there and what, just waiting? Like that, that, <laughs> like that's, that's what we're doing?
1: It's a good question. I don't know, Ed. There are parts that I don't totally follow either, but I will note some of the color that you see on screen is not just the colorist, but it's a screen tone that he applies, which as I was reading this, I wondered if this was like black and white or what exactly was going on because some of the color feels like it fights a little bit with the line art.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it was published in, in black and white with that screen tone and the dots are far apart on that screen, so when he chips away a couple of dots, it really feels like Mac Paint, 1984. Our guy's always sitting. <laughs> so let's, Isn't that a no-no? Let's have a little more excitement. My don't mom we... is not gonna approve of that. I feel like there was maybe even a little Von Baudet uh, influence a little bit with some of the you wonder, way the characters are built and stuff. He, he's kind of dismissive of Heavy Metal in his afterword, but I
1: think that's just his tone.
0: Oh, boy. Um, So
1: I wonder like how much he's looking at it and how much he's looking at, like, he cites uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. I feel that. Um, you know, so he's definitely channeling some of these sci-fi ideas and how far down that rabbit hole he goes as a fan, I don't know.
0: I feel like it is a trope in heavy metal to do your Adam and Eve story. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I we got here, I'm like, oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yet another one. Take a drink. This is, this is a fun piece. If you're thinking
1: of this as like, Plotting as you go along, it feels like that you introduce those kind of elements, right? The shadowy figure that's watching this unfold. So we we know that's lingering. Dolphins
0: in, in the lake. We're in paradise, man, and there's a lovely lass. Uh, he let that beaver show uh, in in the in the black and white, but he he went he went subdued. He went he went Victorian.
1: Yeah, he notes that in the afterward too. That you know you can't sell uh, nudity on the bottom.
0: Think <laughs> like what he says in the afterwards. You could find like I don't I don't even know how I saw this. It must have just been a weird Twitter or something. But when he was on X Men, you know how there are those those weird weirdos that that come up to you like commissioning you to draw like naked this or naked that. Like there is a whole sort of catalog of John Byrne drawn naked storms with big white bushes and shit like that. <laughs> it's it's pretty it, it's pretty pretty foul, man. That's ridiculous. Man. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comic books that we make in stores right now. Red Room Trigger Warnings. Issue 1, 2, and 3 are on the stands. Murder on the Dark Web for fun and profit. Every issue completely self-contained. And you could grab uh, the Antisocial Network trade paperback which was uh, 2021's uh, season of Red Room Comics. Jimmy produced Hulk, Grand Design, Monster, and Madness. Both in stores right now where he's taking the entirety of the uh, Incredible Hulk storyline, distilling it down into two 40-page comics, uh, giving you the entire history, 60 years worth of Incredible Hulk comics uh, in one handy package. Get them while they're hot, while we're done paying the bills. Let's get back to this video.
1: Yeah, He's also lettering, like writing out the page numbers, so 13, 12, you know, written out. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a piece of that, like, oh, I'm doing something a little different here, a little exotic. Again, back to the heavy metal reference.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, too, because it's before Epic Illustrated, I believe. Uh, But, like, magazines are out there, so there could have been a place for this. Also, like, stuff like Last Kingdom and... No, First Kingdom. First Kingdom. It
1: is surprising this doesn't end up in something like a... um, Maybe the nudity, the reason it doesn't end up in, like, an Epic Illustrated. I, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if they had a little bit of nudity in there. Right. That's not a series that I've read closely, so I could be wrong on that, but... Yeah, it is surprising this doesn't appear somewhere else first.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, especially heavy metal. Like, they would have killed to have a a John Byrne, but they probably had just very specific page rates, and he he was making loot hand over fist.
1: Well, I mean, he does that last Galactus story. Yeah, he does a demo of his gun. We didn't make a big deal of it, but he's, like, blasting rocks and stuff, and she's pretty impressed by that, and then he shoots one of the animals, and it totally freaks her out. (laughs) And, of course, he wakes up, and the gun's gone.
0: This guy's Butox, man. We don't seen enough of that. Do you think this is John Byrne?
1: Boy, I hope not at that age. (laughs) This guy doesn't look great. Might be John Byrne at some point in his life. This is future John Byrne, now past John Byrne. There's your blown up panel from the beginning too. One uh, one of the variations in the screen tone, almost the same screen tone everywhere. You mentioned Ed that the screen tone reminds you of Mike Saints. Yeah. Um, you know Shatter, the one of the first digital artists. I see that too, and I really like that look.
0: Yeah, like all you got to do, man, is get that dot pattern that has the dots kind of further apart and just chip a couple of them off.
1: I also wonder, like the way this is drawn, if there's a little bit of promo being cut towards the heavy metal guys like oh yeah anybody can draw this jungle foliage no perspective there you know what I mean like it's kind of a I don't know you could you can imagine him chipping away at this story in the evening draw dash out a page it doesn't feel like any real heavy lifting I think it looks cool yeah. but it doesn't feel like a big world building exercise and You're I right. wonder if that's a little bit of a critique of the heavy
0: metal style that's interesting to think because sometimes like guys like Jim Starlin and other dudes would show up in, in heavy metal and do their space operas.
1: Yeah, I do like how I like that restrained part. You know, like I think of John Byrne, especially from this time period. And it's like Terry Austin inking and, you know, a lot of cross hatching and shading and stuff. And this is this is a, a different style.
0: Here's our boy coming to a realization.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty great image, mm-hmm. especially for a wordless comic. There, there's a handful of those that work really well. Even the movement, you know, like almost the video game movement, up and down, left and right. Yeah, that stuff all works for me.
0: This is cool because it's him inking himself, and I, I believe he he inked his like Doomsday. Mm-hmm. I call it Doomsday Squad, but I think it's called like Doomsday Plus One or something in, in Charlton. I I just remember the Fantagraphics title for it. So it's cool to see him do do some inking on himself uh, from from this period.
1: Yeah, and man, that dude gets rescued and can't get off that planet fast enough. (laughs) Just leaving that girl ghosting.
0: He's ghosting the chick, and then she's left with her L7 weenie robot. And the epilogue is great, (laughs) because he's there pining over her in uh, Moss Eisley's cantina. And that really, I mean, that's like Mobius creatures and shit.
1: That color even feels a little bit of a nod to Mobius, like the pinks and purples.
0: And then uh, our girl taking care of his baby yeah with the iron giant looking on <laughs> he had that other character like what was it raj 2000 yeah. something like that.
1: and you do get some background here like the line work looks really nice back you know in the back here that purple line uh, but you get to see it without color it kind of looks cool you know like even some of those landscapes they i feel like they work really well in that in yeah. this presentation so what was some of this back matter about man mostly just the heavy metal you know he called it his heavy metal story Put clothes on the bottom half of that of that girl for this edition, and um, you know that it ran in the art of John Byrne. So a little bit of framing what this was.
0: Yeah, we we showed off um, a box of comics I grabbed, man. Uh, from from ID's bunch of coverless joints, and one of the big revelations in the art of John Byrne, the interview, was that, uh, and also going through those comics, people were calling out, oh man, you got giant size, Tomb of Dracula five. With Rudy Nebris inks. That is John Byrne's first Marvel work. But it doesn't go far enough because in, in that interview, in The Art of John Byrne, he says that that is his first professional work. He sold that job before he did the Charlton stuff. Wow. Before he did that wheelie and a chopper bunch or whatever <laughs> that, that comic is, man. Uh, so that's his first comic. That one's going high on the, on the, on the list, man, of uh, things that we need to take a look at. Also, Chris Claremont's introduction in that art of John Byrne—it uh, mentions that Fantastic Four comic that we did. An episode that's what I was going to say.
1: Like, he looks good from the beginning. Yeah. You know, like any of the early John Byrne art I've seen, it's like, man, that dude is pretty polished from the get go. So it's kind of cool to see any early stuff. And uh, that Sin City ad is uh, one I look at fondly because, like, that's the cover to the first printing of the Sin City collection, man. which. I had a guy tracked down for me that would go to comic book shows and stuff. He was a bit of a retailer. And I was like, dude, find this for me. And it took him like months. It was a lot of me badgering him every time I knew <laughs> that he was at a show. And uh, eventually he did get me one. Um, but kind of cool to see like the early days, you know, like that not not the font or the title treatment logo that we would associate with Sin City. And I think they've swapped out this cover several times in oh, yeah. subsequent printings. But huge deal to me. So again, like the snapshot in time. This is me starting to go to uh, comic book Shops at this point, because I I wanted this kind of stuff. You know, like I I tracked down this commemorative edition and we have a video where we look at Dark Horse uh, Presents issue one. Um, You know, so that was a big deal. Like Chris Warner doing Black Cross. I copied that drawing several times. (laughs) The mask, Doug Monk art looks really great. It's a pretty, pretty interesting time. You know, 1992, everybody's selling well. I'm sure everybody's happy to be making comics that are making comics in that time period. And you kind of see it, man. All that Dark Horse, all those ads look good.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. And why not take a couple bites of the apple and, and sell some old rope with uh, Critical Error? A yeah. lot of people didn't have a chance to get that Art of John Byrne book.
1: I'll tell you the other thing. I was buying Next Men, one of my favorite books at the time. I don't remember this book. Yeah. So I wonder like how well it sold and stuff. I found this in a dollar bin within the last, I don't know, three or four years, something like that. Um, and I've seen it a couple of times. It's not impossible. I mean, from 1992, this thing probably sold 100,000 copies, you know, a color John Byrne comic. But I knew nothing about it at the time, and I was, I was a Byrne victim back then. So, you know, you'd think I would have known about it, but I, I don't remember it.
0: Beautiful world, man, where you could dust off uh, something that you did a bunch of years ago because you own it, put yes. it out there, sell, sell 100, 200,000 copies of it, man, and make 10, 20,000 bucks that month.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he did all right. And like I said, he did a lot of stuff with Dark Horse. So that's the reason I'm sure he did all right. Like he seemed happy with them for several years
0: absolutely man you good to go yep K. favors like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell we'll notify you when new vids are available what's out there jimmy
1: hulk grand design monster and hulk grand design madness my retelling of the 60-year history of the incredible hulk perfect for first-time readers or long-time hulk fans i'm writing drawing coloring doing the whole shebang so pick that up wherever you buy comics and join me on patreon.com slash
0: jimrug red room trigger warnings issue one two and three uh on the stands right now murder on the dark web for fun and profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. Every issue is completely self-contained, so if you see an issue, scoop it up. Uh, banned in 28 countries. Banned in 10 comic shops. But you can go to my link tree in the description below this video to order and pre-order current and future Red Room Comics directly from the publisher. You can go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Three bucks for the archive there to uh, read these comics uh, digitally. Uh, more than 200 pages are up there as we speak, and I put up new strips every Tuesday. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links
1: below this video.
0: That's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kfabe channel. Jimmy, give them those marching orders. We'll be on our way.
1: Read more comics.